Rencast number six. Another crappy podcast production. Hi there, this is Alan of AtTheFair.com, that's fair with an E at the end, and this is the Rincast show number six, the podcast that proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that, yes, pretty much anyone can have their own podcast. Well, welcome back. Now, before I get started, I wanted to once again ask you to take a moment to visit AnotherCrappyPodcast.com and click on the world map link you'll find near the top of the page. This is going to take you to a Frapper map page where you can mark your spot on the map by entering your zip code. And this will let everyone, including me, know approximately where you listen to the Rencast from. So thanks for taking a moment to do that. It's kind of neat to watch these pins pop up from day to day. Okay, now previously on the Rencast, we heard from three of the people behind the new Festival Park project, which will be home to the upcoming permanent Des Moines Renaissance Fair, which opens in September 2006. It'll be the first permanent festival of its kind in Iowa, but several of the surrounding states have long had their own permanent events. So, um, let's see. A few hours east of Iowa, just outside of Chicago, we have the Bristol Renaissance Fair in Kenosha, Wisconsin. It's been providing an excuse for men to wear tights since 1973. That thing's almost as old as me. Cool. Uh, Just a few hours north of Iowa is the Minnesota Renaissance Festival in Shakopee. This event was previously featured on the Rencast in shows number three and four, so go back and listen to those if you want to learn more about that one. And three hours south of Iowa is the Kansas City Renaissance Festival in Bonner Springs, Kansas. 2006 will mark the 30th anniversary of this event. Now, I've personally tried to make at least one visit down to KC every year since I visited for the first time in 1997. And west of Iowa... Uh, well, let's just say if you drive far enough, you'll eventually hit California, and there's plenty of big events there. We're still kind of working on the western part of the Midwest when it comes to permanent Renaissance Festival sites. But I digress. Back to Kansas City. Not only does this festival have a Waffle House located conveniently near its exit, and boy do I love their hash browns. Scattered, covered, chunked, any time. Anyway, it also has a wonderful assortment of shops, entertainment, and scenery to keep its visitors occupied for a full weekend. Hey, the Jolly Rogers are there. How can you go wrong? Now, both Kansas City and the Minnesota Renaissance Festivals are operated by Mid-America Festivals. And, um... Though they both started out under different ownership and management long ago, through the years they've both evolved to the point that you can really see a lot of similarities between them, especially when it comes to how they're operated. Bristol, on the other hand, was was pretty different. The Renaissance Entertainment Corporation runs that one, so it had a, a, a very different feeling and, and pricing. Now, I'm not here to review these events. I know people that absolutely love their home festival, whether it be Kansas, Minnesota, or Wisconsin. And I'm sure I'll see the same thing when Iowa opens later on this year. Instead, I'm going to share with you some of the words from folks who make the Kansas City Renaissance Festival possible. Now, I visited on October 1st, 2005 with my trusty iPod voice recorder in hand. Unlike my first-time visits to Bristol and Minnesota last year, I'd been to KC enough times to already know quite a few of the people there. The Kansas City Renaissance Festival sits on nearly 16 acres of land, and they report to have 500 costumed characters, over 160 vendors, and 13 stages. Now, those numbers may seem small compared to Minnesota, but it's still plenty easy to get lost walking around trying to find one of the many merchants you stumbled across earlier in the day. I I never did figure out where I saw that cool mug I wanted. Well, anyway, I am probably getting ahead of myself. Let's start out at the beginning. 
at the front gate. I am Rare Tennessee Michael O'Hare, the left-handed knight, knight of the Royal of St. Edward, yes, I am a knight of the Rose. I am in service of King James the Fourth of the name of Scotland. I am the front gate performer. Here, I meet, greet, tell people where to go. Left-handed? Yes. And how long have you been doing this? This is my 14th season. So what is it about festivals that you like so much that keeps you coming back year after year? I enjoy meeting different people. Well, there certainly are a lot of different types of people at a Renaissance Festival, and the front gate ones, well, they're some of the best because they set the mood for what you're going to see the rest of the day. Now, later on in the day, the mood calms down when uh, traffic isn't all lined up and everybody's not all excited to get in, and things can be a little more peaceful. I'm Kristen Hurst, and I work here at the front gate. First and last thing everybody sees. Somewhat. How long have you been doing this? 13, 14 years this year. And what's your favorite thing about uh, working at a Renaissance Festival? The flirting. Well, here we go again. Now, since I was familiar with the Kansas City Renaissance Festival, I wanted to start this day off with one of my traditions, which is visiting one of the stands that sells Chaucer's Mead and looking for my very favorite mead wench that I have seen there every year for the last, oh, I don't know, several years, and she always remembers me, mostly because I tip $2 bills. Eh, whatever works. I am Rosalind. I am your mead maiden. Ooh, the mead maiden. Hi. <laughs> and what does that consist of? I promote the Chaucer's mead. I intoxicate you. Take advantage of you. No, 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 not really. <laughs> no, it's just my job to promote the Chaucer's. Okay, and how long have you been doing this? I have been doing this for five years. I have been the mead maiden for just one. Oh, so it's new. How did you get promoted to become a mead maiden? <laughs> I had to audition. That... They did. They made me audition. I seduced the king. Who made you audition? <laughs> the festival. So you're an official Chaucer's spokesperson? I am. Okay. I am. It is my goal to sell as much and intoxicate as many people as possible. <laughs> How did you first get involved with Renaissance festivals? It was a dream. It was a childhood fantasy of mine. It's true. I, I'm not lying. I confided in my father that I wanted to work out here, and he happened to know somebody. He was at a birthday party, and she said that she needed to hire people, and he said, I know someone. Now, how long ago was that? Five years. Five years, and you've been here ever since? Indeed. What is your favorite thing about being a mead maiden at the Kansas City Renaissance Festival? The flirting. <laughs> and if somebody were to come to this festival... For the first time, what would they have to see before they could consider their journey complete? The joust. The joust. Always the joust. It is indeed. That's just because that's all you get to watch all day. Well, it might be. <laughs> they don't let me out. But no, you've got men on horses with big sticks, banging around, knocking each other around, wrestling in the dirt. Yeah. Or you could come see me. Well, of course. If you're a lad, you're not going to want to watch that. <laughs> you're not going to want to watch Boys with Sticks. No. Any any other comments? No, just come see my uh, my cleavage. <laughs> and the Chaucers. Oh, and indeed, oh, yeah. the Chaucers. There is that. <laughs> How do people that can't get here find out about Chaucers? They can go on the website to go to the Burgettos.com. Spell that? Burgettos. B-E-R-G-E-T-T-O. Forget those. Forgetto.com. All right. Hi. Thanks a lot. Indeed.
Now, Rosalind is not allowed to drink on the job, but you'd never be able to tell that from how she sounded in that interview, at least to me. And as far as that website, her accent uh, actually made it sound like B-E, but it's actually B-A-R-G-E-T-T-O dot com. The meat is absolutely fabulous, and uh, they do take orders online, and they do ship. So, meanwhile, with meat in hand, we continue. I'm Sandra, and I uh, sell jewelry, beautiful jewelry, here at the Renaissance Festival in Kansas City. But certainly not plug the merchant, heavens forbid. Ah, bubbles and mangles. Okay, and how long have you been doing this? Four years now. This is my fourth year. Fourth year, and they just right. let you come back and work for them every year? Yeah. So does morons. Tell us a little bit about the shop. Uh, we sell puzzle rings, and we sell lots of silver jewelry, uh, pewter talismans, lots of very pretty silver things. Puzzle rings are our specialty. And how can somebody find out more about this stuff that they sell? They should come into the shop and talk to me. How do they find the shop? They uh, come up and find the axe throw, and we're right next door. Lots of banging around. Yep. She said lots of banging around. Uh, <clears throat> continuing on. My name is Becky Bloomer, and I make and sell handcrafted chainmail. What's the name of your shop? Metallic Maiden Design. Okay, and uh, how long have you been doing this? I have been making chainmail for seven years now, and I've been out on my own with my own booth for two years. Okay, and, and why Renaissance Festivals? Renaissance Festival is definitely a good avenue for chainmail pieces and for handcrafted art because it's kind of a lost art anymore, and it's one avenue that I have to to get my things out. Okay, and what's your favorite thing about uh, vending at a Renaissance Festival? It's a very fun atmosphere. It's uh, very in enjoyable, and it, it's it's a lot of fun. And uh, if people were going to come to the Kansas City Renaissance Festival, what do you think they should see? to make sure that they've seen the festival before they go home? The Joust. <laughs> How can they find out more about you? Um, come to me at booth 503 at the Kansas City Renaissance Festival. Any closing comments? Enjoy your day at the festival. Hey, with a glass of meat in one hand and all these pretty crafters, how could I not? Uh, you know, of course, not every crafter is a beautiful babe. My name is Ben Thompson, and I uh, make some leather stuff out of stuff for pirates. What's the name of your shop? Pirate Leatherworks. How do you spell that? P-Y-R-A-T-E Leatherworks. L-E-A-T-H-E-R-W-O-R-X. As in X marks the spot. How long have you been doing this? Uh, for about 10 years. This is our first official year in business, but we've been making leather work and doing fairs for about 10 years. What's your favorite thing about Renaissance festivals? Oh, the people. I think it's it's a lot of fun. The beer. The beer, too. The beer. Yes. Women beer. All right. That, that's the, uh, the non-PC answer, yeah. And the beer. <laughs> and, and how can somebody find out about what you do? Uh, they can check out our website at www.piratepyrate.org. Well, nobody ever said pirates could spell. Hi, my name is Misty Bernard, and I run the Skychair Shop here at Kansas City Renaissance Festival. Why, look at all these fabulous chairs, ready for your suspense, uh, suspension. What's a sky chair? What's a sky chair? Why, a sky chair is the comfortablest thing into which you will ever place your bottom. Um, a sky chair is a hanging canvas chair that suspends from any beam inside your ceiling or porch. And, um, and they're great. You can find us online at www.skychairs.com or you can come out to the Renaissance Festival where you will be saving a heaping ton of money because we're on outrageous discounts. Uh, but go check us out online and see how cool we are and then come to booth number 500 down in, where are we? By the Royal Pavilion. 
And what other festivals do the Skychair Boots uh, exist at? All of them. All of them. Pretty near all of them. Three this year. Yeah, there are many of them. Many of them. That's our craft coordinator. Yeah, you know, she's right. The sky chairs are pretty much at every festival I go to. Now, she mentioned something about the craft coordinator afterwards, which was uh, good to know because the craft coordinator was kind of incognito, but I tracked her down and wanted to ask her a little bit about the Kansas City Renaissance Festival and how she coordinated 160-some-odd merchants. My name's Mary Lee, and I'm the craft coordinator. Craft coordinator. How many uh, crafters do you have at this event? We have 165 craft cor- crafters at this event. 165. 165. Excellent. And how long have you been doing this? I've been at this show for five years. Five years. Now, five years ago, what made you think, hmm, I think I want to work for a Renaissance Festival? I've been doing Renaissance Festivals for the last 15 years as a crafter, an entertainer, uh, many other uh, areas that are needed at shows. And I came to Kansas City to take care of my mother, and so I ended up staying put. Okay, so you're already in the family. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite thing about festivals in general? The communities that are within them. Okay, and then what is your favorite thing about the Kansas City Renaissance Festival community? What's unique about this show? It's very diverse. Um, this show is probably has more locals than other shows do. We're about 50% on locals versus nationals, people who do travel the circuit year-round. And because of that, it's more diverse. Okay. And if somebody were to come down here and visit, um, what is something they should just simply not miss before they leave? There's a lot. So I'm not going to ask you, what crafter, because you can't do that. You'll make no, I imagine. can't do that. <laughs> what should they not miss? They shouldn't miss any of it. This, this show is really good. This show has a lot of really good crafters I'm really proud of. I'm proud that I've recruited a lot of crafters off of the circuit to come do this show. I'm proud that we have some very creative uh, people like the Barbarian who does the Barbarian Tournament. He doesn't just stay within his craft, he puts on a show as well. We have a gentleman uh, who does brass rubbings, but he also is also part of a living history tour. So they're very interactive here. Okay. And uh, what is the merchant, what, what are some of the merchants that have been here the longest that you can think of off the top of your head? True Heart Pottery is one of our, the original crafters. He was, uh, he's been here as long as anybody. He was here from the very first year, uh, 29 years ago, when it was started by the Kansas City Art Institute. Excellent. And how many brand new merchants have you added, like this year, that this was their first year? 13. 13. Wow. Excellent. Thank you for your time. You're welcome. True Heart Pottery, huh? 29 years. Well, this I have to see. Turns out I'd actually walked past this booth many, many times, but hadn't realized the significance of how long it had been there. J.W. Carpenter, True Heart Pottery. I sell pottery. And how long have you been doing that at the Kansas City Renaissance Festival? Since it started in 1977. Excellent. And uh, what's what's kept you here for so many years? Uh, <laughs> it's fun. It's fun, it's enjoyable, it's been profitable for, for me as far as being a merchant. Um, I was an alumni of the Art, Art Institute here in Kansas City that started this show. And uh, when it started, it was all alumni. And good time to get retouched up with friends and stuff from school. Excellent. And what's your favorite thing about selling your wares at a Renaissance Festival? Uh, I don't have to pack up and move every weekend like you do at reg- at regular street fairs. Excellent. And can, how can somebody find out more about your products and what you do? Uh, mine, myself, personally, just here. 
Okay. The only time I sell my stuff is out here, and otherwise I'm doing other things. Okay, how do they find this booth? It's in the middle. In the middle? In the middle. Booth 413. Thank you for your time. Oh, my pleasure. Now, if you get a chance to visit the Kansas City Renaissance Festival, be sure to check out True Heart Pottery and look at his booth. He's got various badges and things like that uh, along the wall from the various years. Lots of things painted on the edges. You could, Well, let's just say you could spend a couple of hours looking around at this booth, and you can really tell the evolution. And he can tell you some stories about what he built first and how he added on to it. And to think all these years I'd been visiting, I just kind of walked past it and went, hmm, pottery. Now, unlike True Heart, there are a lot of vendors that do other shows during the other times of the year when they're not vending at something like the Kansas City Renaissance Festival, and it's always surprising to find someone I know that I'm used to seeing all over the place in a tent with their own building at a large festival like this one. My name is Warren Ford. I'm a jeweler, crafter, and I sell my merchandise here at the fair. And how many years have you been doing that at festivals? About 17 years at the festivals. Okay, and what brought you into selling at a Renaissance Festival originally? I enjoy the atmosphere, and the people are very nice, and I enjoy selling my merchandise. And what's the name of the shop? Hobgoblin Adornments. And what does Hobgoblin Adornments sell? We sell sterling silver, we sell pewter jewelry, we sell beaded jewelry, we sell a variety of different gift items. Crystals with bugs in them. Yes, <laughs> we have acrylics there with, with uh, clear acrylics with bugs in them, yes. What's your most popular item? Probably the $5 necklaces. Okay, what's your favorite thing about uh, selling at the Kansas City Renaissance Festival? The customers that we meet. Good people in Kansas? Yes, they are. Excellent. Very good. Okay, lots of merchants, we get the point. But there are some merchants that probably would prefer to be up on stage than behind a counter offering their excellent quality wares, uh, including this face painter. I am Lady Neva of Dragonwood, High Elf, Lady of the Elder Console, Envoy of and cousin to King Aton of the Wood Elves, Walker of Game, Grey Mist, and Keeper of the Secret Gate. And what are you? A reporter. Oh, the worst thing on the earth. How long have you been doing festivals? Uh, oh, 27 years. 27 years? What was your first festival? This one. Kansas City? Yes. What's, your, what's kept you coming back time and time again for all these years? Because I'm so beautiful and everybody loves me. Even with all the leaves in your hair? Of course. What else would, would Elf wear in her hair? And tell me what you're doing right here. Uh, right here we paint humans so they can be as beautiful as me. How many humans do you paint in your busiest day? Oh, wow. Small village. Yes, it's impossible to tell. Mini, mini. Mini, mini. Yes, you'd have to take your, your shoes off and count your toes and your fingers many times. Okay. And uh, the name of the shop? Fantasy Faces. The best place to get a face painted? Fantasy Faces. Okay, how many years have you been fa painting faces? Uh, Fifteen. That's a lot of faces, but she does have help. You, you know, if you do that long enough, you'll go blind. I am hard of seeing already. T tell everybody what you're trying to do there. I have lost my helmet, so I am painting the helmet of a cave dragon back upon my head that I might fool those that are my adversaries. Good job.
Do you feel left out and upset because I'm not going to interview you and ask you any questions? <laughs> no. Are those real? Yes. <laughs> Do you Very work here? So. Yes. <laughs> Now, what? Oh, no, you're getting interviewed! <laughs> now, okay, who, who are you and what do you do here? I'm an apprentice and I'm learning how to paint. Okay, and how did you find out about all this? They're my parents. <laughs> well, that doesn't count. <laughs> that doesn't see, I've been making stories. Like all right, all right. Once again, I got caught talking to the shopkeeper's daughter. But hey, these things happen at a Renaissance festival. That's, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. I'm Beth Rice, and I am the manager of Badger Blades. And tell us a little bit about Badger Blades. Badger Blades is a sword shop, and we handcraft weapons. All of our blades are heat-treated, they're ready to roll, and they absolutely are lifetime guaranteed. These blades are made to be used and loved. Actual functional blades, functional not, blades. not show pieces. The jousters we have here at KCRF are using our blades. And which jousting troop is it? Noble Cod. Excellent, excellent. So they actually fight with these blades? They do, absolutely. So then they're made like real swords? They are made like real swords. Okay, and what's the most expensive sword you've ever made for somebody? Uh, the most expensive one we have in the shop today is $1,100. Mm -hmm. The most expensive one we've probably ever made is about $1,800. $1,800. The typical blade runs about uh, $275 to $375. How long has Badger Blades been around? Uh, five years. It has been around as Badger Blades, however, we were Sky Castles previous to that. And Sky Castle Swords was owned by Shane Madden, and Shane sold the business to Badger, who had been making blades for him for many years. Excellent. And how can somebody find out more about Badger Blades? Go to BadgerBlades.com. Thank you very much. Wow, an $1,800 sword, man. That would be tight. Uh, oh, speaking of tights... My name is Alex Chang, and I sell clothing. For who? For men and women. Did you get what I was trying to ask him to tell yes. me? For which company? Oh, Tigger Togs. Okay, tell us about Tigger Togs. Tigger Togs, we uh, specialize in wearing uh, everyday peasant clothing. Um, we sell like j very simple, basic stuff that you can get dirty and not worry about, and you throw most of it in the washer. And uh, Tigger Togs is, is especially famous for their tights. Yes, Tigger Togs tights are quite famous. We did not actually make that name. It is our customers that... Okay, and tell us about the tights. The tights, well, they're made out of cotton lycra. They, they stretch wonderfully. Uh, a lot of people are surprised when they start wearing them because they breathe fantastically. Um, not much to say. And how long has Tigger been doing his uh, garb stuff? Ooh, he has been doing his garb for about the last 16, 17 years. Excellent. And, and how long have you been doing Renaissance Festival yourself? Um, myself, I've been doing this since I've been eight years old. Oh my gosh, that's like I'm pushing like around like 10, 13, 14 years now. <laughs> What's your favorite thing about Renaissance Festivals? Oh my gosh, my favorite thing about Renaissance Festivals? Uh, oh God, um, sadly I hate to say it's so cheesy. Uh, watching the parade every day. Watching just watching the, the people, people like just be happy and wave and walk by. And that way you see at least everyone once a day. And you always get to see a lot of your tights in those parades, right? Yes, we do. So it's always nice to see them, yeah. So who does all the sewing? Uh, Ticker does all uh, does the sewing. Uh, I do all the cutouts. Okay, excellent. Mm -hmm. And how long have you been working with Ticker? I've been working with Ticker for the last three years. You know, you sold me yeah. some tights. Did I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. Tigger's Togs, the official tights of the Pirate Comedy Show. You know, when I started getting into Renaissance festivals and bought my first green floppy hat about ten years ago, I vowed right there on the spot that you'd never catch me in a kilt or tights. 
and now I own several pairs of Tigger Togs with the built-in, completely functional codpiece. Uh, but that's a story for uh, another time. Um, changing the subject, there are other types of vendors at these festivals, uh, including the ones that take your money but don't actually give you anything. I'm talking about the rides and games. Although I guess if you're good at the games, you could get like a ribbon or a pin or something. But see, I wouldn't know. I'm terrible at those things. Hi, what, what's your name and what do you do here? Uh, Adam. Adam, and what, what do you do? Uh, I do, normally I do knife throw, now I'm doing coconut shy. So you run run various games here? Uh, yeah, normally throw boards, but... Okay. And tell, tell us a little bit about, about this game. What, what are people trying to do here? Uh, knock coconut off the tree. That's exciting. Do a lot of people uh, succeed? Yeah. Make them do it. Sh sh show us how easy it is. Convince them. There you go. What? What are we doing? Oh, yeah, yeah. Doing? They want to play. some uh, coconuts? You can. <laughs> Cheapest entertainment you'll get here all day. Yeah. You're not very convincing. Come on, work with work with him. <laughs> See, that way he can not only tell me what he's doing, but he can convince somebody to spend money and actually do it, and then we can actually see it firsthand on this audio interview. Yes. There you go. All right, he was able to convince them to play. So now we present a Rencast first. We're going to listen to people throw coconuts and try to win a monkey. Close. Doesn't sound like they're doing very well so far. All right. Well, uh, y you know, I, I this would probably work a lot better if this were a video podcast. I have no idea what just happened, but you know, you got to start somewhere. Now, there's also rides, but unlike your typical carnival rides powered by gasoline generators, um, Renaissance Festival rides are powered by people. Uh, we're I'm push David. This is Jacob. We push the crow's nest. Otherwise known as push monkeys. Push monkeys. So, so tell me what the crow's nest is. Well, basically, it's a big bucket that we wind up a tall pole, like, and then let it go, and it unscrews and screws back up in a fast-paced motion. Considered to be the medieval version of the carousel. Wow. Yes. So it's all human-powered and oh yeah, all man-powered. Oh yeah, very heavy. You do this all day and yes, yes, best yes. ride in the park. <laughs> yes, yes, and uh, and you have to do it shirtless apparently. We don't have to, but you know, Ladies. it draws in the uh, extra attention. How long have you guys been pushing this? <laughs> well, we've been this. <laughs> we've been in this park. We've been working here for about six years. Yes, but this ride we've done this, this year. year only. What, what's no, year what's on your favorite ride. thing about the festival? My favorite thing. It's, oh. There's a lot of good things. We there's a bunch of crafts to buy, and everybody's united as Rennies. Yes, that's We're just always cool. Good people. <laughs> and is pushing this thing all day long your least favorite thing? It's not that no, bad. No, it's pretty actually. rewarding. Good yeah. workout. You come try this. <laughs> Somehow I don't think so. I prefer my jobs not to be real work. We'll be right back after these messages. Do you suffer from lumps in your groin? Are your armpits swelling up? You may have the bubonic plague. Betty, I got something under my arm. Oh, how I boil your head. Boil? I had the boil. It's huge. Don't be stupid. It is. It's got hairs on it and it's all purple. Ah! Oh, Jimmy, I think it's the plague. That's right. Jimmy is suffering from the bubonic plague. Luckily, there's a new ointment to soothe away Jimmy's pestilence. Plague Away Potion. 
is just what Jimmy needs. Made from the finest and freshest organic material like ground boar snout, saliva of werewolf, giant's toenail, and revolutionary flakes of leper skin. Now available at your local apothecary. Good morrow, mistress. How may I help you? Good morrow, sir. My husband's got... He's got... Uh, no. no need to say any more. We just got a new order of plague away. It's a miracle cure. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Betty went home and applied plague away to Jimmy's boils. In just three days, Jimmy felt relief. Oh, Betty, come to bed and bring the plague away. Hi, Jimmy. Just come in. Jimmy lived to the ripe old age of 32. And you can, too, with Plague Away, the pestilence potion. We're back. Special thanks to our sponsor, Plague Away and Mark Gunn, at the Renaissance Festival podcast at renaissancefestivalmusic.com for allowing me to play that for you today. You know, I haven't even begun to talk about all the entertainment and street characters that make the Kansas City Renaissance Festival so much fun. And I'm not going to today because we're out of time, so check back soon for part two, featuring a lot more interviews. And on that note, I think that'll do it for me this time, so be sure to visit at thefair.com, that's fair with an E at the end, where you can browse over 25,000 digital pictures I've taken at Renaissance festivals around the Midwest, including this one. And if you want to drop me a note, visit anothercrappypodcast.com and send some feedback. This has been the Rencast, show number six, Kansas City Renfest part one. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you at the fair. Another crappy podcast production. The music used at the beginning and the ending of this podcast is Packington's Pound by the Orcs and Trolls. To learn more about this and other equally exciting podcasts, be sure to visit www.anothercrappypodcast.com. If you'd like some print to go with this audio, be sure to check out the Regional Renaissance Reporter, a quarterly publication dealing with all things Renaissance Festival-related, now in its sixth issue featuring a glossy color cover. Ooh! You can learn more at www.renreporter.com. A one-year subscription is just eight bucks, so subscribe for two years. Don't be cheap. All the cool people are doing it. If there is anything else we had to mention or plug, we'd be plugging and mentioning it right now. If you have something we should mention or plug, be sure to contact us, because we have space to fill. Thirty minutes coming up now!